0: Hello everybody, this is Chris. Welcome to Collect Me. What's going on, big brother? Hey everybody,
1: great to be back. Um, I know last week we missed. Uh, I believe we went on a camping trip.
0: Yeah, um, we did take a few days off or probably about a week off to, uh, kind of relax, you know, uh, catch our breath and, and so on. Uh, I went on my annual guys fishing trip, uh, one of my friends right around that time in July, it's his birthday and, uh, we go on a guys trip where it's no wives, no kids, just a bunch of buddies who've known each other for a long time and go out, spend three days out in the wilderness, like, uh. A bunch of mountain men, you know, uh, cook food, catch fish, and and have a good time.
1: Well, we have a great show for you today. Uh, we have a rod and J Lo. They use Viagra to buy the Mets. Uh, Mike Tyson's trying to make a comeback. What? <laughs> and uh, Wayne and Wayne Gretzky is considered better than Michael Jordan according to Yahoo um, Sports. Yeah. Uh, I'm Baseball sorry. I'm back.
0: still stuck on the first one. <laughs> he
1: Baseball threw me off. Back. I wasn't expecting that. So yeah. So uh, just FYI. Yeah. So uh, currently, the, the New York Mets are up for sale. Uh, J Lo and A Rod have uh, shown an interest in purchasing the Mets. I I, I think A Rod, great player, obviously. Yeah. Um, great player. Smart player. player I, I hear him in the booth in ESPN. Um, I've met him a couple of times, uh, one at my job and one when I used to I used to work for Dodger Stadium as a supervisor for the concessions. And so one Sunday he was doing an ESPN Sunday Night Baseball. And so uh, the Mets are up for sale. and They've been talking to Robert Kraft and kind of getting his advice. Yeah, Robert Kraft, the uh, owner of the Patriots. The owner of the Patriots. So uh, what they're trying to do is that they have uh, – connected themselves to this company called hymns which offers hair products skin products and then they also use uh, they also offer sexual health products mm-hmm. and so they want to become the spokespeople, people uh, both jennifer lopez and uh, alex rodriguez for this company and they're trying to invest and trying to help some raise to funds through that way so they can help purchase the new york mets so um, okay <laughs> <laughs> i think it's a great buy i think it's a great buy i think you know as we know Derek jeter
0: and yeah. As, soon as he retired, he bought he bought the Miami Marlins. Yeah. You know. oh, I mean, it's it's definitely something that's that that's been heard of before. Uh, players uh, running or buying uh, major sports teams, so it's not an unusual thing.
1: Yeah, uh, especially in this day and age, you know, especially something like A. Rod. You know, he, again, I was like I was saying earlier, he's a smart player, and I think he'll do great things for that organization. It's a his, you know, it's a historic franchise. Um, and so with the, the amount of talent that they have, I think that's a great, it would be a great acquisition. They're just short on funds. And I think that's why they're trying to use this company uh, to be able to help generate some some income for them to be able to make a, 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 a bid for it.
0: You know what, man? If it works and it makes sense business-wise, financially, um, J-Lo obviously is very smart business wise. Mm -hmm. Um, I think she has like a clothing uh, brand of her own uh, perfume and and whatnot. Um, She's been, she's been able to come very, uh, become very successful, not just with her music, but in fashion. Uh, A-Rod, of course, very talented baseball player, even though he did have that little bit of a stint with the steroid issue that, you know, back in the days. Well, yeah, I mean, he admitted it.
1: And, and I mean, you know, I don't think any player like us that are hardcore, you know, my brother and I are both Dodger fans. We're both Laker fans. Where we differ is that I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. Yeah, unfortunately. Fan.
0: Yeah. Uh, but but, we've forgiven him <laughs> for that already.
1: But I think um, – you know, it was in an era where, you know, Kyle Ripken Jr. said, hey, had steroids been around, who knows, maybe I could have taken it.
0: Absolutely. I, I remember that quote.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I think it was at a time where, and it wasn't illegal. Yeah. You know, it was more of on a moral basis that, hey, you know what, we shouldn't be taking performance enhancing drugs, some type of stimulants that will help us to, you know, get an edge. But when you're at that level, being paid that much money, at one point, you know, A-Rod was the highest paid payer you know, by the Texas Rangers Yeah, in baseball, you know, when he came over from Seattle.
0: Yeah. And, you know, and, and getting back to the whole Mets thing, I mean, you kind of threw me out because my brother mentioned that he would be talking about that on the podcast, but he didn't get into specifics. And I hadn't heard or read any stories about it at all. So when he throws out there, you know, they want to buy the Mets via Viagra. (laughs) It just threw me off. You know what I mean? But you know what? More power to them, man. Like I said, whatever works financially, um, the Mets very storied franchise. Um, they haven't been around as long as teams like the Dodgers and the Yankees, but for the time that they have been around, they've had some of the best players. Um, they've had guys like Gary Carter, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Hernandez. Uh, yeah, so that, you know,
1: some of the, remember, you know, remember they, they beat the Red Sox mm-hmm. in the 1986 World Series, the, the infamous uh, Mookie Wilson, Yeah. Uh, you know, hit under Bill Buckner's legs, which will, you know, for those who uh, weren't around, uh, you know, for those who are, you know, we'll always remember that. Yeah. Um, Billy Buckner. Billy Buckner. They also won. Remember, they won in the 1969. American oh, the Amazing Mets. Mets. Yeah, yeah, the Amazing Mets uh, with, the, you know, with Nolan Ryan at that time and. So uh, yeah, it's it's a great team. They've been around yeah. for or, you
0: know. Uh, I mean, if I remember the Mets at all, it's going to be uh, in that '88 playoff series when they played the Dodgers. Uh, the Dodgers having to beat the Mets to be able to make it to the World Series.
1: Yeah, so that was a great team. It was Dwight Gooden, remember Daryl oh, yeah. Strawberry, Daryl Strawberry, I mean, you know, had Gary Carter. Gary Carter. Or, yeah,
0: that's that's what I was thinking of. Keith Hernandez. Uh, um, so you know what? It's not like they're buying into a team that's a startup or that um, nobody really, you know, is backing or thinks that they can do it. The Mets are definitely, like I said, a storied franchise. um, And I think they can make it work. I think they're both very smart people, both very uh, business savvy. So more power to them.
1: Yeah, I hope it works out. It would be great to see uh, Alex Rodriguez, you know, make that transition from you know, growing up, we see him. I remember, I remember Alex Rodriguez. You yeah. know, I was a big collector. I always collected his cards as a rookie. I have a ton of Alex Rodriguez cards uh, as a rookie, and then just seeing him just mature over the years to where he, you know, came into the league as a, an 18-year-old, and now, and later on in life, he's using all that experience to be able to, to improve a franchise like the New York Mets. So I wish them both the best. It'll be very interesting, but of course, there's other betters. You know, you know, buying a baseball team is not cheap. No. So they, I think they need like a billion dollars or something oh, yeah. of that nature to be able to purchase that. So I think that's why they're investing in this company. So that way they, it's a startup company um, and they're hoping that the stock will help raise uh, enough uh, money Revenue. for them. Yeah, so that they'll be able to purchase. So uh, Mike Tyson, uh, Roy Jones Jr., September 12th, the Frontline Battle. No, can't wait. That's going to be exciting. Very ah. excited about that. Uh, that's going to be a very, very fun. Uh, Mike Tyson, who's 54, will be fighting Roy
0: Jones Jr., who's 51. Um, Yeah, and both boxers in their primes, some of the best boxing matches you will ever see, some of the most dominant boxers, um, where Mike Tyson was primarily just a heavyweight most of his career. Uh, You got a a guy like Roy Jones who felt welterweight. He did uh, super heavyweight. He did heavyweight, uh, super welterweight. Like, that guy fought... And four or five different um, uh, uh, boxing weights right. and, and was a champion at each level
1: yeah yeah I mean most people would consider Roy Jones Jr. pound for pound one of the greatest boxers of all time
0: absolutely I wouldn't doubt it and, and he he absolutely deserves that title um, same thing with Mike Tyson I know a lot of Mike, uh, Mike Tyson fans and people who are Big fans of Tyson. They give a lot of grief because Mike Tyson wasn't exactly known as the long-lasting uh, boxer when it came to his fights. He, well, he didn't need to with, with his uppercut. and his, I mean, I mean, I mean that guy's punches, power yes. was just disgusting. He could knock a guy out in the first round in like 50 seconds, which he actually did yeah, one time. He actually did, yeah. You know? But you know what? I think it's well, good I mean, for the sport of boxing. He,
1: you know, he also boxed in the USA
0: Olympics. Yeah, he did. He actually did. Which, he which he, he boxed Golden Gloves. Yeah, um, but you know what? I think it's good for boxing. Uh, unfortunately, for boxing, ever since UFC, MMA, and and those types of uh, uh, fight and fighting has uh, premiered probably about a good twenty five years ago. Boxing has taken a real dive in viewership and in uh, uh, pay per view events. Um, it's, you'll, there's more chance of you watching a pay-per-view event that's an MMA fight or a UFC, like number 300 or wherever they're at, than a big time boxer, uh, uh, out there like Canelo and guys like that. I don't think boxing has the same love and reputation it did from, I would say the mid nineties and back. Um, well, I, I think, well, like a lot of things,
1: boxing was its own worst enemy. Yeah, a lot of the promoters, you know, you it, it seemed like you know a lot of times, you know, when I would watch boxing or when I would talk about boxing with people, people just had this since this sense of where it sold out and it was yeah. already you know and it, it was fake or it was it was only so that we could promote the next fight and so yeah it, it just gained a really bad reputation. It, it absolutely did, <laughs> and so I think because of that, a lot of the people just kind of just stared away pay per-view became very expensive you know we're talking 50 60 70 bucks for uh, you know pay-per-view fight
0: um, up know, to hundred if you're watching guys like uh, uh, money mayweather and guys like that it was like a hundred dollars for a pay-per-view fight
1: yeah so I think so boxing became its own worst enemy and so uh, I think over the course of those last 20 years like you were saying since the mid 90s A lot of people have been turned off by that, and I think it's just lost lost a lot of viewership and a lot of fans because of
0: it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know for myself, I grew up uh, being a boxing fan, uh, watching guys like uh, De La Hoya, Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield. um, uh, What's his name? uh, From Marcantonio Barrera and, and Miguel Angel, Eric Morales. You know, all those guys, watching all those guys and those battles that they would, you know, put themselves in uh, in the middle of the ring, it made me such a huge boxing fan. I'm still a huge boxing fan. Mike Tyson is my favorite boxer of all time. So when I heard the announcement of Roy Jones and Mike Tyson wanting to do an exhibition fight, I believe it's going to be like eight rounds. Yeah. yeah uh, nice. I thought that's probably one of the best things that boxing can promote. When it comes to trying to bring themselves back into the sports limelight,
1: yeah,
0: it'll be interesting. I mean, of course, it'll be, you know, I think they're using heavier
1: gloves. You know, uh, we don't want anybody, you know, we don't want anybody to get hurt too badly. No, no. But at the core of all sports, it's entertainment. Yeah, absolutely. So this is gonna be entertaining. I think this year, with the whole epidemic of COVID, um, sports is just looking for any angle. To be able to to bring some interest into the you know, back into to its each individual sporting event. Yeah. So I think this is it for boxing for right now. So I'll take it. I I think. No, it's gonna absolutely. Be, I mean, like you said, we grew up watching Mike Tyson. You know, I, I'll never forget. You know, him. You know, just knocking everybody out, and now, yeah. you know. Um. So it'll it'll be a great event. Yeah. So Wayne Gretzky, the greatest of all time, or not? Um, According to Yahoo Sports, Gretzky is the greatest GOAT of all GOATs.
0: Yeah. I uh, haven't had a chance to read that article over. Um, just kind of skim through it a little bit. But why not? Wayne Gretzky and his perspective sport, mm-hmm. definitely, if not the greatest. I'm sure a lot of people think that uh, that Bobby Orr and Ott yeah. are considered to be the greatest hockey players of all time. Right, cool. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, you could definitely throw... Wayne Gretzky in there because his body of work and what he did over the course of his career yeah. was phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, I, four four Stanley cup finals, uh, with the Edmonton Oilers,
1: uh, one with the uh, LA Kings. That was, I remember that I was in high school when he came over in 1988, big contract. Um, uh, he was one of the first people that really invested into baseball collecting. He's the one that bought one of the Hornace T Wagner cards. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, and, and as far as statistics, there's just no one that can match great Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. His stats were just unbelievable. I mean, you know, the, the way they, d- they generate points is that they take goals plus assists. You could take away his goals... And just even on his assist alone, he would still be considered one of the greatest. Yeah. Adding the fact with the goals and how many Stanley Cup appearances. And, you know, he came into the league as a kid just like Alex Rodriguez and, you know, t- uh, Kevin Durant and, you know, Kobe Bryant. So it was, it was, you know, he's he's always been a super. He even won the 1978, uh, like, this uh, Young League Championship Series. He won that prior to joining the hockey season of 1979, 1980. So you know, he's a great player. Great player. Yeah,
0: and plus, like you were saying, what he did record-wise, um, he reminds me of what like Jerry Rice did in football. Uh, Jerry Rice set records for receiving so high that even all these years later, there's still players out there that are trying to even get yeah. close. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the final
1: four of that it was uh, it was done through a um, a bracket. Uh, you know they had me a ham. You know they had all the great. Babe Ruth was there. You know all the all the greats. Uh, the final four was uh, Jordan versus uh, Tiger Woods, and then Michael Phelps versus uh, Wayne Gretzky. Gretzky beat out Mike Phelps. Jordan beat out Tiger Woods, and then ultimately uh, Wayne Gretzky beats out Michael Jordan. Yeah, so it was a fun. Little, it was a fun bracket. I don't think it has any nothing to it. People don't yeah. know, don't get too crazy over it. Uh, I, I would know.
0: take it with a grain of salt because
1: yeah. well, I mean, you, you got to put it in, you got to put it in context. If you, if you if you think about us that live on the West Coast where hockey is not as big, yeah, exactly. You You're, probably, you're not going to understand why people think that Wayne Gretzky, who I got a chance to meet once at my job, actually came to dine. I work in the restaurant business and I got to meet him, uh, him and his family. People are not going to understand why we would see it. You know, you and I you and I are big sports fans. And, you know, so yeah. we understand why he could be chosen as the greatest.
0: Yeah. Um, it, especially if, if, you know, if you're around our age, which is in the 40s. Um, because when we were growing up, baseball ruled the world. I'm talking 70s, 80s, going into the 90s. Football was around, obviously. Basketball was around. Hockey was around. But none of them had... The likability, it's America's sport Right Every kid that I knew growing up in the 80s Wanted to be a baseball player um, You played high school football Because high school football is what kept the, kept your town running If you grew up in a small town Right But everybody wanted to be a, a baseball player Everybody wanted to be a, a Babe Ruth A Honus Wagner a, a Mark McGuire You know, guys like that the Home run hitters um, and in the 90s, late 90s, more or less, uh, ESPN blew up into what everybody thought it was going to be. And all of a sudden, they were talking about hockey and putting hockey games on instead of baseball games. And so all of a sudden, hockey took on this whole new, you know, uh, uh, entity, like this whole new right. creation. And I know now, like a, guy, a lot of guys my age are into hockey, uh, and the younger generations, um, hockey is like this sport that they watch even over uh, baseball, football, and basketball. It's it's crazy, you know? So, um, like you said, us growing up in the West Coast, me personally, I probably would have went with Jordan over Gretzky, but I think the argument can definitely be made that Gretzky deserves to be at the top spot. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, absolutely. So baseball's back. Started on Friday. Yeah. Thank you know,
1: God. Yes, it's great to see baseball back. Uh, it's a little weird, you know. There, there's no fans obviously in the stands. Uh, they're pumping in uh, the audience. Uh, there are some some which I wish they would not do. They have those cutouts of people, and yeah. this looks very odd. I mean, it's not Korean <laughs> baseball. or in Korea baseball, for those who don't know, they're putting mannequins, yeah. in the stands, that. which is even
0: weirder. <laughs> yeah, because they're um, all female with long blonde hair, which is really weird. <laughs> but and, you know, you to, know, and, and for a lot of people who don't know this, because I've actually read comments from people on Facebook and on different social media platforms and they're like oh it sounds so weird that they're pumping in like when did they start doing that believe it or not that's something that stadiums and all sports have been doing for many 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 years yeah Um, especially in playoffs and and uh, championship uh, runs Um, you think you hear the audience and or the fans going crazy when Kobe made a shot or when You know, Kirk Gibson hit his 88 home run and so on and so forth. And that was all just the fan screaming. No, that's the fan screaming plus more noise being pumped into the stadium. It's kind of like a psyops thing where they kind of try to like psychologically psych the other team out by making it more over-the-top exciting for the team that's doing better.
1: Yeah, but it's great to have baseball back. Dodgers won their first uh, couple of games. Yes. Um, you know, which were, but like I said, me and my brother are both big Dodger fans. But it was great. Uh, you know, the Yankees beat the Washington Nationals. Yeah. Uh, that first uh, Thursday game. Uh, so it, it was great. It, you know, was it Thursday or Friday? It was Thursday. It was Thursday. That's
0: right, uh, right. And that game, unfortunately, got ended due to rain. But because right, of the situation uh, where... In the past, they could have postponed that game till the rain either stopped or they could have made it a double header on a future date. Um, because of COVID-19 and the, and the, and the shortened season, um, after the fifth inning, they could now end a game and leave it as is. Uh, whoever wins, wins. Wins, wins, yeah. So
1: uh, it's great to see baseball back. Uh, you know, one of the what you know as uh, as we go through COVID nineteen, you know, twenty twenty. One of the things that I think has been a positive, and and you you're gonna have to get familiar with his name is Alyssa Nakin. For those who don't know, she uh, is uh, part of the coaching staff with the San Francisco Giants. Are yes. you familiar, Chris? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. She was promoted to assistant coach uh, back in January of twenty twenty, uh, and then on July twentieth, uh, about six days ago, about a week ago. Uh, during an exhibition game, she became the first female coach to coach on the field, which I personally think is amazing. I think it's a great, it's a great step in the right direction. Uh, I mean, it's only taken us about 145 years in baseball for us to be able to allow a female onto the field to, to perform some type of job. So it's amazing because I think it opens up our fan base. Uh, I have daughters. Uh, I've always wanted them to get involved in baseball they've always kind of see it as a boy sport and now that we have a female uh you know someone that they can look up to or they can recognize i think it'll be great for for fans and and for organizations to begin opening the door for more female participation
0: absolutely i 150 percent agree on that um i have a daughter as well um and i have two boys and It's always been easy to pump my boys up into playing sports and, you know, and and doing things like that. Um, But I've always, always made sure that I never left my daughter out in the cold when it came to helping her believe that she could be anything, Um, especially when there's, you know, when we live in a world where. Women are held back in sports and professional sports um, So I think it's really awesome the fact that she's able to break those barriers, you know open those doors And it's leading the way for a lot of the young girls right now who are thinking that they may want to do that with their future and Where there was a time where they all they could do was dream yeah, now they'll actually be able to make it possible Um, they don't have to just play softball anymore, right and just make it to the college level Which, which is what Alisa. Uh, she was a softball player. Yeah, she
1: was a softball player yeah, she, yeah, she, I believe she played first base And so she didn't get a degree you now went to work for the University of San Francisco mm-hmm. also worked for the Giants So it'll be great. It'll be interesting to see, you know, I, I mean she's not a head, you know She's not the head coach at this moment you know, uh, but it would be interesting to see if any baseball card companies are going to be featuring her on a card.
0: I don't see why not and 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 that would make a lot of sense uh you can make you can do some kind of like limited series run on with her which would not just make it awesome that they're doing something on her period but a limited run like maybe like a one of five series of cards of her coaching maybe one of her uh as a college player um and that would actually add value to cards like that
1: yeah absolutely i mean speaking of you know maybe a series of where she can autograph some cards I'm all, I'm all for it again. This would be great because, from the collecting perspective, you know, growing up, I mean, let's just be honest how how many girls did we see that were collecting football cards? I'm sure there were some, no, but yeah. it wasn't a lot. No, this is, this is primarily a boys' uh, industry, a boys' yes. world. Yes. You know, and, and I understand, you know, but as we've seen in the last 20 years, women have become very, you know, influential and, and participating in, in sports all, all around from football to basketball. You know, now we have a women's league, which we didn't have when we were growing up, from basketball, that is. So, you know, I think it's great that we'll be able to open up our fan base. And hopefully girls, young girls will start to get involved in collecting baseball cards and football cards and basketball cards and hockey cards. And it'll it'll be great. Yeah, I think it's awesome. I I totally agree. So we have a 60-game schedule. Uh, Did you buy a sense to see uh, Dr. Fauci, uh, his first uh, pitch? I did. I didn't watch the I mean, game,
0: obviously. Yet. I don't know if was, I, I saw
1: I, the highlights. Let me, let me, let me, re-clar- let me redefine that because I don't know if, if let me clarify that because I don't know if first pitch is exactly right. Uh, <laughs> uh what would you call that? I mean it was he Uh outside the box. Uh I mean he threw it to first base a little <laughs> bit at some point. Um I, I'm not sure what was happening. Did you happen to see the jersey number they gave him? No, I didn't. Take a guess zero no 19 for a COVID 19 ah. i don't know what's wrong i mean i don't know whose idea that was that was so uh, that was that's so kind of cheesy <laughs> <And corny. laughs> it's very cheesy i mean people well, you know he has a baseball card tops produced a baseball card of, of dr feet of uh of him doing his first pitch by the way really yeah there's a baseball Well,
0: card. there you go if they could do a card of him yeah there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to do a card of her
1: yeah, absolutely, I agree. So it'll be interesting. I think that um, you know we're excited to have baseball back. Obviously, we don't yes. want anybody to get sick. They're doing a lot of testing. There's a lot, you know, unlike basketball and hockey, which they're playing their games in the quote unquote bubble. Uh, baseball is still opting to travel. Now they're they're doing it centralized, where according to your location, they're getting rid of the old divisions, depending on you know the result divisions and divided in between yeah. different. Uh, you know, but this time it's where, you know, whoever's closest to you, you're going to play them the most. Yeah. So we obviously, but, you know, it'll be interesting because I think how how the storylines are what's going to define this season, yeah. both good and bad. If people, if there's an outbreak of coronavirus during the baseball games, which we have seen happen, many of the baseball players, you know, some, some you know, big name baseball players, Kelly Jensen, Juan Soto, you know, several people have unfortunately Mm-hmm. Did get COVID nineteen, yeah. and then not only did they get it, but they
0: unfortunately sometimes pass it on to their family. Yeah, which unfortunately has what happened with Kenley Jansen. He yeah. uh, ended up passing it on to his wife mm-hmm. and his kids. Yeah, for those who don't know, he's a relief pitcher for you know the
1: awesome relief pitcher for the Los Angeles Dodgers. But also, there's there's some possible storylines. I mean, let me just give you some some numbers that I, I looked up, Chris. Um, in 2019, around after 50 games, Cody Bellinger of the Dodgers hit 404 back in 1994 Tony Gwynn after 110 games batted .394 um, George Brett in 1980 he batted .390 Chipper Jones in 2008 after 73 games batted 400 so do you think that after 60 games we could see a four, a 400 hitter and would that be valid for the season you know all things considered
0: I don't say why not um, and especially because of the rearranging of the Of the uh, uh, teams, Um, we're going to be playing obviously the Padres, San Francisco, and so on and so forth. But we're also going to be playing teams like the Angels, right? playing the Angels, which they're don't get me wrong, they're good teams, but they're young teams. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I think the Dodgers will be able to have really good batting games against teams like that, especially the Angels, who don't have a great pitching staff. You know, so I don't see why not I don't see why you shouldn't be able to have a, a Cody Ballinger or or somebody like that hitting a 390 to 400 by the end of the 60 game season in
1: 2017 on John Carlos Staten uh, Statin, uh he, he hit in 60 games hit 33 home runs so that's totally doable yeah. and a fun fact for all his Dodger fans in 2017 in a 60 game stretch the Dodgers went 51 and nine yeah I remember that so again, this, the storylines are what's going to define this year, both good and bad. Hopefully, we'll have some great storylines. Uh, the, the the playoffs are expanded, much like the NBA. So, sixteen teams will be making the uh, yeah. the you know the major league playoffs. So, you know, we'll get to see some teams who normally
0: wouldn't have a chance maybe be yeah. more competitive. I mean, uh, if, if, when you think about it from the new perspective of of the new format for playoffs, the Giants easily could have made the playoffs last year. Yeah. With their record. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it'll be very interesting.
1: Uh, we're going to see, you know, we'll see some interesting games this year. Um, you know, injury is going to be a big factor. You know, the, right before, a few hours before the Dodgers' first game, their their home opener, uh, you know, uh, Clint Kershaw. Clint Kershaw, uh, yeah, put on put, the IL. Yeah, he was put on the injury reserve list, unfortunately. So he had some back stiffness. So we're, we're praying and hoping for his return soon. Yeah. But injuries are going to be a big factor, you know, because now – You're not just missing a month, but you're missing half the season. Yeah, and that that can be a big factor if if you're a big enough player or contributor to your to your team, which Kershaw can be, which Kershaw can be. So it'll be great. I'm looking forward to at least at least, and then we got the Clippers and the Lakers on Thursday. Yes, the home opener there, so that'll be very very well quote unquote home opener. They're playing in Florida. Yeah, at the the Orlando Disney. Um. So. You know, all the teams are playing there. Whoever's going to – not all the teams, but all the teams that were going to supposedly make the playoffs Yeah, based on that, yeah. which I think is going to be Milwaukee and the Lakers. I feel the same way. Uh, I think Toronto might be a good uh, – you know, the Clippers. I think Toronto Clippers will come in a close second uh, for the respective leagues, but it's, it'll be very, very interesting.
0: Yeah. I, I would even throw the Pacers in there. I think Pacers – Yeah, Indiana Pacers, that's right. The Pacers are the to too. be a
1: great team as well.
0: Um, So just wanted to send in a couple shout-outs to uh, – Some guys who sent in some stuff to us uh, during our uh, furlough vacation, I guess you could say. (laughs) Um, One of our callers who actually called in on our second episode, Austin, sent me a uh, link and a picture. Uh, Since he's a book collector, he went to, uh, I forgot where he was online, and he saw a Stephen King book. On his Dark Tower series, the Gunslinger book, and if a lot of people aren't familiar with the books, they may recognize the movie. The Dark Tower was a, was made into a movie from Stephen King's books, uh, and it's a movie that's starring Idris Elba, where he's a gunfighter. Mm-hmm. It is a first edition, first print, which is very important in collect- book collecting. Uh, reprints can be worth money depending on who wrote the book, but for the most part, a first edition, first printing is always going to be worth the most. And it is autographed by Stephen King himself. Take a guess how much it's going for.
1: Stephen King is got to be about three to five, three to six thousand dollars.
0: You hit the nail right on the head. It's going for about five thousand dollars online right now.
1: Yeah, great writer. I mean, I think we talked about it that that episode that yeah. Austin had called in. You know, so I'm I, I'm not surprised. You know, yeah, at
0: all. And uh, I, wanted to send a shout out to uh, Joels and You know, I think we're gonna have to put that guy on the payroll <laughs> because every episode he listens to, he always has something that pertains to what it is we talked about. He, he also collects the, the uh, 2020 baseball cards that you've talked about. He collects comic books. Oh, the
1: 2020 project.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, that guy is just on his collecting game. Uh, we really appreciate. Um, everything he's, he's sent to us so far as in pictures and 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 so on and so forth you know we really appreciate you know you guys taking time out of your your busy days to email us or send us pictures text us and so on and so forth with the uh, information that we could talk about on the show um, and about your guys' personal collections and things that we that you want us to bring up that can interest other people in collecting we really appreciate you yeah, guys time we, yeah we appreciate anybody
1: who you know please always continue to this- send us some emails. Uh, we're, we're always grateful to read those. Uh, you know, we, we get a lot of great feedback and we appreciate you guys' participating. This is just isn't for us but for you guys as well. And so any questions, anything you want to post, uh, please send it to us. We'll be happy to do that for you.
0: And also before we get started on some really interesting collecting topics, uh, luckily I like and I'll say this mo- Every single time because it's the truth. I am so good. I'm so glad I'm blessed with a great wife because she finds things for me that I didn't even know I wanted. (laughs) But once I get them, I knew I wanted it. (laughs) Um, So she got me the about a week ago. I had some books come in. uh, 1978 Star Wars number 10. Really? With Han Solo and Chewbacca. Yes, Yeah. in good condition. It's Han Solo and Chewbacca versus the Behemoth. Oh wow! Uh, she also got me a uh, another edition of the Punisher uh, War Journal, which in the Punisher world are very, very highly collectible books. Um, some are way more elaborate, depending on on who he's fighting against, and so on and so forth. But this is uh, uh, the Punisher War Journal number uh, thirty-four. Came out in nineteen ninety-one. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember uh, she that. got me a nineteen forties Carl Forello reading rifle collectible baseball glove. An actual glove An used. Actual, actual glove. Yeah. and and has his name imprinted in it. Uh, I don't I I'm not gonna lie to the fan base and say that I know he used it in a game or anything It was probably in practice or maybe he threw his You know the ball around with his kids or something using that glove But it is an authentic glove and it's a really cool piece of history the way it's stitched I I was looking at it the other day and man It is just so weird how they stitch those gloves together. Um, it has like this iron button that they used to latch things together which yeah. they don't do anymore no, no, they don't, no. um but no, they 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 got it out of it's it was all out of my baseball yeah yeah so and yeah. so yeah i mean she got me a, a few things uh that like i said i wasn't sure that i wanted and then she ordered them for me and i got them and, and so yeah. you know i can't complain i, I really appreciate her going so out for, of her way for, for those me, like who that. don't know
1: Carl Farula was a right fielder with the los angeles dodgers during those runs from the 19 late yes. 1940s to the, to the 1950s he was also a part of the team when Jackie Robinson joined in yes. you know so you know um so for those who don't know so it's a i mean for us being big collectors as well as being big Dodger fans it's it's a pretty yeah. big thing for us to have a part of history of somebody's glove who used it during that period cuz you know that 1955 for those who don't know was the first time the Dodgers had ever won any World Series yeah. they have been in a couple of times under the bridegrooms the bridegrooms and and the Robins, and when they were uh, back then, when they used those names for Brooklyn,
0: yeah, before they became the Charlie Dodgers,
1: <laughs> before they became which was shortened to the, draw, the Dodgers and uh, which we know them today. But yeah, so I it, mean, it, uh, Carl Furulo, great right fielder. Yeah, you know, he, he batted three hundred. I think he won the title in nineteen fifty three. Yeah. Um. Uh, so you know, it, it's it's awesome, Chris. And, I, and he right. went
0: under a lot of names. A lot of people remember him as the uh, Reading Rifle, right. but they called him the Arm. Uh, he had a lot of different because he was just, he was such a great pitcher. Yeah. So he had all these different nicknames that people would call him, and and so on and so forth. So yeah, now I'm, I'm happy. I'm I'm really I'm really excited about that glove. It also came with a collection of uh, 1988 uh, pins. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember those. They're, they were like uh, they almost look like bottle caps, but they're like uh, uh, like aluminum pins uh, with baseball players on them. Uh, yeah. And so I had. Yeah. Everybody, Those have been I, issued for a while through all the different years, but yeah. obviously 88. But I got the 88, which I got a awesome, I got a Kirk Gibson, I got a Mark McGuire, uh, I got Dwight Gooden, Daryl Strawberry, I mean, uh, Don Mattingly. Yeah. I mean, it's just an awesome collection. Those that, were that all the big along.
1: names at that time. Oh, yeah.
0: I'm really, really happy with that collection. It's about 30 pins of some really big-name players, and, and so uh, really appreciate it, wifey. <laughs> and then you said you 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 uh, so tell me a little bit about the comic books, Chris. Alrighty, so uh, like I said, our, our buddy Joel Zendejas uh, First off, he sent my wife a uh, a Project Twenty Twenty King Griffey card, which oh, yeah. is an awesome card. Yeah. Uh, one of my wife's favorite players. Um, then one thing you're gonna learn about my wife over time in this podcast: my wife is a huge sports fan. She knows baseball better than some guys that I know (laughs) Who claim to be baseball fans Uh, She played softball in high school and some college, played basketball Uh, Matter of fact, she's kicked my butt in basketball so many times I should be ashamed to admit that Um, But uh, uh, So he sent her that card And then he sent me something really interesting that I was not expecting to receive And I didn't even know about them until I got the comics But he sent me four comics. Uh They're all number ones. And what it is, it's a Marvel hip-hop collection. Hmm, Interesting. It was done in 2016. Uh There's 51 covers. And it was a really interesting way to bridge comic book collecting with hip-hop music. So what they did is they took some of the most exciting... And well known uh, hip hop album covers of all time, mm-hmm. uh, dating back from the 80s to the 90s to to even more recent. And they took those album covers and then they translated uh, comic book heroes into them. Really? Interesting. So you got like the Eric B. and Rahim paid in full album. Yeah, yeah. Great album, by the way. Yes. Uh, one of my favorite albums. Yeah. And they took. Deadpool and spider-man and put them in there as Eric B and Rahim. really and then they took like the uh, chronic album Everybody remembers the iconic chronic album with dr. Dre in the front yeah. all-white album 1992. Yes absolutely. Yep. and so they have the same album, but instead of dr. Dre they put dr. Strange. Ah, which of course, you know pun intended, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know um, they did a, uh, a Snoop Doggy dog Uh, Doggy style they did which came out uh, the following year. uh, They did uh, Wu-Tang Clan De La Soul uh, Beastie Boys Um, They did uh, even more recently as guys like J Cole um, and uh, So on so so I mean, it's do you know by any chance who created this uh, set? It's actually I, I couldn't pinpoint one specific person because each album cover was done by a different artist a different editor Okay, all put out by Marvel All so, put out by Marvel. Yeah, I'll put out by Marvel comics. They're very highly collectible And I'm telling you guys right now if you've never been a comic book collector in your life These once I got these books and I started to check out how cool these album covers or book covers I mean are compared to the album covers mm-hmm. It's phenomenal It's like looking at the original album cover, but with your favorite superheroes of all time That's you know from from iron man to spider-man to the hulk Uh, you name it. They got a cover. Like I said, there's 51 of them now the book inside is the original story Mm -hmm. uh, from uh, uh, That particular comic Uh uh, whether it be the avengers comics or x-men comics um, which I happen to have one of those, one of the X-Men ones that he sent me. Um, so it's still the original story, but it's the cover itself that's done different. They're all number ones. And like I said, very highly collectible. A lot of those people out there who are hip hop heads and who are comic book fans at the same time um, would love, I think would love to collect these books because they're so interesting and really cool. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, Comic books are very interesting
1: because I remember when I was in high school, they came out with an AI uh, with a Batman versus Predator yeah. crossover in 1991. It was a three issue series. It was uh, one of the one of the creators is the artist for the Watchmen, David Gibbons. Yeah, love the Watchmen. Yeah, love, love the Watchmen is great. And so you know these crossovers and you know they're always interesting because they're very creative. You know the way that they help different aspects in this case you're talking about rap now i don't know if anybody knows but there's a fun fact so daryl mcdaniels one of the members of run dmc you know he became a dj tom soft the dj you know him and his brother you know how they bought their turntables back in the uh 70s
0: i've actually heard a story about that but it doesn't yeah i remember they
1: they 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 had a comic book sale They the comics yeah
0: he's a big comic books guy (laughs) you know i'm sorry to interrupt but that's a very interesting fact that you're bringing up because you wouldn't believe it because I, I think hip-hop doesn't isn't considered to be a nerdy comic book type thing. Right. But you wouldn't believe how many uh, guys like uh, Run DMC, Wu-Tang Clan, Beastie Boys, they were huge, huge comic book
1: fans. But and, and that's what maybe an episode will have to do because many people grew up reading comics. You, know, you and I, I mean, I, I wasn't as big because I had my baseball cards and football cards growing up. But I know that you and and our cousin Mike and, you know, a few of our friends, you know, growing up where people just love the comic books. So, you know, it's an episode that we'll have to do because I think I think you're absolutely right. People would be surprised how many people are really interested in comic books, which has always been considered a very nerdy thing to do absolutely everything to do like you said and hip hip hip-hop is absolutely not nerdy (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i think that's very interesting now are
0: those uh, now can we find some of those still available to purchase for you can uh they're mostly on ebay you can go to different uh websites and look for them but they're mostly on ebay did you see do you know about any price range yes they're depending on the cover itself and the popularity of it obviously uh, like the NWA cover because they did one of the NWA uh, straight out of Compton uh, The Snoop Dogg, the Dr. Dre's, the Wu-Tang's A lot of those are the more valuable ones. You can find them anywhere from $40 to $50 a book Wow um, The lesser valued ones are anywhere from $10 to like $20
1: So and, uh, the one I was mentioning about the Batman versus Predator, I forgot to mention It was sold out. You can you cannot find it anymore no, it I, short, I believe print, it. short print uh, run and so it's very, very difficult to find them. But it was very interesting to see how, you know, obviously, you know, this was based on the Predator coming to Gotham City and the Mafia getting involved. I mean, I don't want to be in a spoiler alert, but they're very good comics. If you could find one, I know that they're going to get kind of expensive. Cause they do. Was, but uh, if you could find the Batman versus Predator or the ones you're talking about, those are always very, very interesting to purchase and to, to read.
0: Yeah. Especially, you know, being associated with Batman. Uh, Batman comics are always going to be very expensive to purchase. Uh, whether they're newer or older, uh, Batman is just a highly, highly collectible comic. I collect the series right now that's ba- that's done by DC. Uh-huh. Um, uh, it's called Deceased. Uh-huh. It's kind of a play on words. Yeah. Um, and what it is, is what if the DC world and that includes Superman Wonder Woman Aquaman everybody uh lived in a zombie apocalypse world really yeah it's a very very interesting storyline of course zombies in the last 20 years have become very popular yeah. a lot of movies shows and books have been done on the zombie thing uh, and it's just another thing that DC comic decided to tip their to- uh dip their toes into uh, so it's a very interesting I-, I know myself when they came out, I went and collected the uh, uh, Superman, the Wonder Woman, and the Batman uh, uh, covers, including the variants. Um, Because to me, being a comic book collector, i got to collect variants. So when you say variants, can you explain to our listeners what variants means? Variants are books, uh, covers of books. That were not specifically designed to actually be issued to the comic book stores Now how it works is comic book stores order so many uh, uh, issues of comics The distributor who works with marvel dc image uh, Dark horse and all the different uh, comic book companies will send those out And then they will send them different types of variant covers. So, for example, uh, for the DC one I'm talking about, they have the original one, which is Batman standing on top of a bunch of zombie corpses as he's fighting them off. And then they have the variant cover, which is Batman as a zombie.
1: Now, the story inside is still the same.
0: The story inside is but, still the same. But the cover itself. But the covers are different. Okay. And so they do the different variants because it makes it more collectible. Um, but they only, they're always limited runs. They're not, uh, they don't make a lot of covers. They don't make a lot of issues um, so because so. of the fact that it's the same story inside.
1: Right. That's got to make them, I mean, the variants with the lower print runs, that's yeah. got to make them very valuable.
0: And and that's one of the reasons why I, collect, I love to collect variant covers. Uh, because of the fact that they're limited runs and you get your hands on them Once they're out like the when you were talking about uh, the the Batman and Predator yeah. to be able to find it again Especially if it's a, it becomes an important book in their story It's near next to impossible. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, it's the especially same thing with so many comics, you know, cuz uh,
1: uh, you know, what was the one with? Um, uh, he had his own show on AMC Oh, Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith, yeah, Thank comic you, book man. Yeah, comic book. I love
0: book. that show. That was a great show. That um, was a great so show. S- it sucks that they took it off the air, but you, know, I but you know whatever.
1: But you know, just it, it just he just showed how enormous the comic book fan base is. Oh, absolutely. And how dedicated they are to you know. I mean, we look at Comic Con, which was happening this week in virtual. Of course, there was no actual first time ever, but um, you know, yeah. people are very dedicated and they're very committed. And then they just like baseball card. Collecting and football card and basketball collecting comic books those fans really like to go for the the out-of-the-way Never seen this before. very low run variants of some type of book and they'll pay any price to get it Oh,
0: oh, I know myself and oh man. I'm so I'm so gonna get myself beat up when I get home uh, because My I try not to tell my wife what I spend on comic books because you know how that goes My wife wants to make sure money's being spent you know the right way but uh i actually went and spent like 80 dollars one time on star wars uh comics that had been released in 2019 uh for the age of rebellion uh but the reason why i did is because they made what i consider to be some of the coolest star wars variant covers i've ever seen they are actually the drawings The sketch drawings that they originally did Mm -hmm. of Luke, Han, Leia, Darth Vader, Yoda, a lot of these. Yeah, what they sketched on the actual sketch pad that was eventually going to become the cover actually all drawn out. They took that sketch and they made it a variant. Oh, wow. So it's actually a white cover with a bunch of blue lines of a figure of like Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, Landau Calrissian. Yeah, but you gotta get that. I mean, that, I had to. You know, you just don't let, I mean, I see things
1: myself when I go to a store or, you know, or it's, you know, I'll see something online that, you know, through eBay or whatever, whatever, one of those sites, you know, Marketplace, whatever. And, I mean, this is some things that are out there. Like, man, I, I got ha- to have that and add it to my collection because you may not come across that again.
0: Th- that's exactly why I do it because there's a very good chance I may not come through it again. And to be able to find them online, even if you do, you're not going to pay for anything in a book like you would normally no, for not. a comic. Exactly. You're going to pay $40, $50, right. sometimes depending on the variant cover and how how special it is or how limited an edition it is. You could pay up to a hundred dollars. Oh,
1: absolutely. You know, absolutely. So, so
0: it, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where it $80 sounds like a lot of money to spend on a comic book, but you know, in my eyes to me, it was worth the investment. Um, those books have only, only gone up in price and in value. Of course, you know, so, uh, especially because star Wars is looking at putting out three more movies in, uh, in the next, uh, Uh, I believe six to seven years um, And they're building a brand new Storyline that's going to be Leaving behind the old Star Wars uh, Skywalker uh, Lineage Mm -hmm. Um, So the fact that they're not going to be talking about the Skywalkers and a lot of the stuff that people know as Star Wars right now, yeah. and they're going to start pushing all kinds of brand new stuff, it only makes this stuff that we collect right now even more valuable and more important.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you never, I mean, you know, I, I know we've talked a lot about this, but, you know, this upper deck, uh, Inquisite basketball card from LeBron James. You know, I mean, its first initial price that I saw about six, seven, th- seven years ago was about fifteen grand. It just recently sold for one point eight million dollars. So oh you know, gosh. what 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 may be eighty dollars today could be two thousand or three thousand tomorrow. So Absolutely. you just never know. But and like you know, you and I are almost the same. I think we don't sell a lot of our stuff. We hold no. on to it. Yeah. It's it's just and we don't do it for the money. We do it because we really are big collectors. And so, you know, it, it's it's always interesting to show people Like when I come over, oh, this is a bat I have, you know, from the 2017 World Series.
0: This was Chris Taylor, and he autographed it for me, you know. Which I am so freaking jealous of. He has a Chris <laughs> Taylor autographed bat from the World Series. That's yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, I
1: had a big meeting with my family when I got it, and I said, I have something to show you guys, and I pulled out the bat um and showed everybody Everybody just went crazy because we're all dodger fans so it's you know it's one of my most prized position but i would never sell that because not now knowing what we know about the the astros cheating and things of that nature this is now a part of history
0: yeah and it was a game,
1: it's a game used bat that was used during the world series with from Chrysler, who's still with the team yeah the center fielder yeah uh great you know great uh you know great outfielder. so so and then you were
0: mentioning some back to the future stuff actually yeah uh because you brought up a uh, Comic Con and, and that they did a virtual thing this year. The first time I believe in like 50 years that they've had to cancel a show. Yeah. Um, and so they did the virtual thing. Um, and so what they were going to do is there's some new toys that were going to come out that they were going to premiere at that Comic Con. But because of the situation with COVID, they weren't able to do that. Um, so these toys ended up coming out eventually and it's all based on Back to the Future. And if anybody remembers Back to the Future movies from the uh, uh, 80s and 90s with uh, Marty McFly played by uh, Michael J. Fox, Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd and and so on. Uh, Some of the most popular movies of all time. And some people even dare to say that those are their favorite movies of all time uh, directed by Robert Zemeckis. So uh, what they did is they put out these Funko Pop movies. Anybody know? Doesn't know what Funko Pop is. Funko Pop is a company that makes bobblehead type, uh, over exaggerated miniature a- miniature action figures. Yeah. Um. And so they did one for. And they make them up for everything. For everything. For everything. I mean, they, You think of it, they got it. Yeah. And so, uh, um, they uh, put one out for Marty McFly and they put one out for Doc Brown. Um, for many reasons. Number one, the studios are still fighting with Robert Zemeckis because they insist that they want a Back to the Future Part 4. The fans have been screaming and dying for a Part 4 forever. Robert Zemeckis says he doesn't want to make the movie. Um, since he still owns certain rights to the movie, he still gets a say-so in it. We'll have to see where that goes. But uh, this year, in February... Uh, 2020, right around when the pandemic unfortunately started, they had actually released a Broadway show based on Back to the Future. That's right, yeah. yeah. Um, and the reason being is because 2020 is the 35th anniversary of Back to the Future when the original movie came out. Yeah, 1985.
1: 1985. Yeah, the part two came out in '89, and part
0: three came out in 1990. Um, so based on all of that, they thought it would be a good idea to come out with these Funko Pop. Uh, uh, collectibles uh, Michael J. Fox And uh, Doc Brown Played uh, by Christopher Lloyd um, and it, But it doesn't just stop there You also got a company That's called uh, Play Mobile And a company called Nika Toys And they did actual Action figures. They put out a brand new DeLorean car that's battery operated. Really? Yeah, it's really cool. I checked it out online. Uh, on with not with every toy store online, but some toy stores online, you can see how uh, how they work. Uh-huh. Um, and they have like little trailers and videos and stuff. So I clicked on it, um, and it shows the little flux capacitor <laughs> oh, light turning on. Of course. How could you not? Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna have a uh, I mean, a DeLorean, it has to have a flux capacitor. Absolutely. I mean, uh, otherwise, what's the point? Right. You know what I mean? It's just a car. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just a car. It's just a DeLorean, yeah, you know, a... which I would love to get into that story one day John DeLorean yeah, Oh, that's and a very interesting. That story. is an extremely interesting story what that guy did yeah. to create that car Yeah, and how it unfortunately ended for him. Yeah, it
1: was a bad history I mean, but we'll, we'll have to talk about it. We'll again.
0: have to talk about it yeah, one day. You're talking about one of the biggest uh, uh, car guys that GM ever had right. you're t- this guy created the the Barracuda Plymouth I mean, he was just a huge name and then he made the DeLorean dun, dun, dun. <laughs> So but yeah, I mean if you're a toy collector uh, And you're a back to the future fan and you like collecting things like that I would recommend that you go after these toys because since they came out they have only started to go up in price uh, The action figures I believe started At about twelve mm-hmm. I'm starting to see them online by Outside sellers, you know, because that's what happens People buy these toys right. at the price yeah. And then they want to sell them on their own So they become like scalpers <laughs> They became basically their scalpers online It's like what StubHub and a lot of these companies Do when they sell sports tickets They buy them from the actual ticketer And then they sell them at yeah. a higher. at a Higher rate, a markup uh, so that they can make a profit. So, um, but I would definitely recommend that you that you get them now if you're a toy collector and if you're into the Back to the Future stuff, um, because like I said, they started out at about twelve ninety nine, depending on the different pieces you were looking at. I think the DeLorean started off at like twenty four ninety nine, but last I checked, there's people selling them online. The DeLorean's going for about sixty dollars right now, okay. and the action figures themselves are going for about I believe like twenty two to twenty five dollars.
1: So, Back to the Future fans, act now. I mean, this is how popular it was. I mean, it, the budget was for $19 million. They made almost $400 million off the yeah. original movie. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, you know, it's, it's something that you and I, it's one of our most beloved, you know, movies that came out. In, in I just, love Back to the Future. Of course. I mean, you know, and it's weird because that was the same year that The Goonies came out. Cocoon, uh, Rambo Part 2, and Rocky Four came out in 1985. The Color of Purple... Uh, spies like us. Spies,
0: spies like, like
1: us? us. Yeah, Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, 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 Chevy Chase. That's yeah. a great movie. Yeah. If you want, if you want a silly good watch, watch them be like spies. It's it's absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd do a great movie. It's it's I think it was uh, one of the top ten movies of that year, 1985. That's all. I I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. So and just for the, for you baseball fans, for those who little fun tidbit, um, 1985, June 5th, uh, Chicago Cubs at uh, Atlanta Braves. That's what they believe. The day of uh, Ferris Bueller's, when he was, you know he comes out in that baseball game. Oh, is that right? Uh, Nineteen eighty-five. Another great movie. Yeah, that's another great movie. Yeah, yeah. That would come out a year later. So, but yeah, uh, and Back to the Future, a massive hit. So I can understand why people want uh, fourth. But you know, you gotta. What? Just speaking of Star Wars, you know, you got you gotta do it right though. You know, it can be done. I think a lot of people, you know, the movies that came out, people do have their favorites. Uh, obviously nothing's going to beat the original three yeah, and specifically the original two. But you look at something like the Mandalorian and that's super popular right now. It's one of my yeah. favorite shows. Yeah. So if you're going to do something like, you know, back to the future, you got to make sure that everything about it, is right because if yeah. you get it wrong then it's just nothing but backlash
0: uh, absolutely uh, especially with stuff like star wars because um, it's so beloved the, you know, so, yeah the, so the fan weird. base is it, they love star wars so much it's a part of their lives they there's people who name their dogs and their kids after you know characters in, in the star wars universe right. um and so like me personally i'm interested right now because i know they're going to be coming out with the obi-wan kenobi storyline yeah. like they did the, the mandalorian they're doing the obi-wan uh, uh kenobi um so yeah if they do do a part four if robert zemeckis finally agrees or decides to give up his rights for a certain amount of money and they find somebody to do a part four of back to the future they they got to do it right it's it it to me, Back to the Future is in the same ballpark as Star Wars, as the Ghostbusters, as those movies that we don't just like the movies. We fell in love with the characters. Absolutely, and they,
1: and they stand the test of time. I mean, my kids have seen them, and they love Back to the Future. They yep. love the Goonies. You know, they, they, yeah. those are great because those are great family movies. Yeah, with a good, you know, a good message. You know, you know, there's there's a little bit of action. There's a little bit of comedy. So they stand
0: yeah. and time. and another thing, not a reboot, a continuance, please, if they do do it, make it a continuance. The reboots never seem to work. They always want to do something different with it. And you can't take somebody's favorite movie. Completely switch the storyline around and then expect people to be like, oh, I loved it because The newer generations probably gonna like it but a lot of these kids that are 17 or younger who their parents didn't introduce them to it who have never seen the original back-to-the-future movies Probably won't understand why people hate on it so much if it's not done right in a reboot
1: Yeah, you know you look at the honeymooners, you know horrible the Ghostbusters horrible (laughs) the karate kid
0: reboot. <laughs> yeah. I there's the, the I have to disagree with you on that one. I actually like the reboot of the Karate Kid. With uh,
1: Jaden Smith with, and Yeah, and with, with
0: Jaden Smith and you know why? I really don't think that the Karate Kid the movie itself was the kind of movie that you couldn't change and make it still be good.
1: I still like the original.
0: Well, yeah. I Ralph mean, Macchio, Pam, come on. Yeah. I mean, but I don't know. I, I thought it was a good movie. Uh, but RoboCop, eh. Yeah. The New Nightmare on Elm Street, eh. Yeah. And, and very, of course. It's very hard. Go ahead. <laughs> one of the worst reboots I've seen in my life. Oh, my God. If anybody calls into the show, sends me a message, and can argue with me, how the the poltergeist reboot is a good movie Please do that <laughs> Prove me wrong Because that was the worst CGI movie I've ever seen in my life Like There was nothing scary about it I actually thought that movie Was way more of a comedy yeah. Than anything else Because it, it was literally All computer graphics
1: Yeah I mean How could you be co- Coach and Joe Beth Williams I mean <laughs>
0: right? I
1: mean And <laughs> That was a great I think the original Scared the crap out of us as kids You know
0: oh, and, the, and the soundtrack
1: Of the Of you know
0: Do we really want to get into that? Yeah When when the street we grew up on in Indio and in the city we were born and raised in uh, We lived on a street called Indoflora My mom bought that house, I believe in 1987 Yeah, '87. And so the room me and my brother slept in because it was a three-bedroom house Two brothers, two sisters, so they shared a room Me and my brother shared a room Poltergeist had just come out a couple years before that mm-hmm. There's a scene in Poltergeist where a tree swallows the sun And tries to, like, fly away in this tornado-type, you know, thing going on, all right? There was a tree right next to our window. (laughs) And being the typical Latina Mexican mom that my mom and my dad were, they would use that. Like, oh, if you don't behave the cuckoo is gonna get you. Oh, if you don't behave the is gonna get you. Well yeah, if you don't behave the tree's gonna get you and the tree <laughs> for the crying out loud. Uh, yeah, I was like 13 years old. I couldn't sleep because I would look at the stupid tree and I'm thinking when's that stupid tree gonna come and get me?
1: <laughs> so yeah. But yeah, reboots are very tough to do. So you gotta be very careful. But it'll be interesting to see how they how they navigate that. Yeah, Especially this day with COVID 19 you know, I have a friend uh, who's an actor. He actually has a movie coming out tonight on Lifetime. Is that right? Yeah, it's called Her Deadly Groom. Yeah, wow. his name is Jacob Michael. Uh, I, I please, if you get a chance, go check it out. It's on Lifetime. It's called Her Daily Groom. Yeah. But uh, him and I, you know, we talk, you know, on a weekly basis, and we're just talking about how, you know, as everybody, how much the industry has been affected by the pandemic. Yeah. You know, just how they're trying to how we're how how are movies going to look moving forward because. They're not allowing theaters to reopen. And in fact, I believe AMC is close or has already maybe yep. filed for bankruptcy. So yeah, it'll, it'll, yeah, it'll be very challenging that, to see how they do these new movies coming out um, and how how they're able to to get them to, the, uh, to an audience.
0: Yeah. I know it's been really tough. Uh, With the pandemic, with theaters being closed, I know that was a fun pastime for a lot of people to be able to go and check movies out in the theater um, and so on. Um, A lot of movies now are going directly to streaming services, uh, whether it be Hulu or uh, uh, Netflix um, or Redbox online and, and so on. Me personally, I have a really tough time paying $20 just because I have... I get to be comfortable watching a movie at home. I still think $20 is a lot of money for a movie, especially if the movie doesn't end up being very good. But I get why they're doing what they got to do. You know what I mean? It it, it totally makes sense. So Yeah.
1: So uh, I I, I got a request, Chris, to uh, give my opinion as to some, now now that baseball started and we, you know, we're, you know, this is the first weekend. Uh, some players that I would suggest that people begin collecting and investing in okay. for baseball cards. So I'll go through the list of a few players. Um, you know, if you want to add any feedback, you know, or if you recognize any names, uh, please by all means. So uh, the first person I have on my on my list was someone who was um, drafted this year. His name is Luke Little. He's mm-hmm. six, six, eight, 19 years old. And uh, I, if you go on to the Major League Baseball website, uh, there's uh, uh, I don't know if it's a tiktok or some type of video of him showing pitching he's throwing as, as high as 105 miles an hour wow so you know he's a hot commodity i would strongly you know as soon as you start to see his name pop up i'm sure he's gonna go through a minor league system for the next couple of years yeah but man 105 yeah and remember randy johnson was 610 you know yeah i mean randy johnson big unit yeah the big unit so i you know i've dubbed him the little big unit because his last name is Little. yeah um but Randy Johnson, I mean, one of my favorite pitchers of all yeah. time. I collect a lot. I have a autographed baseball uh, card of Randy Johnson. Yeah, I mean the just, bird killer. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, for my brother referring to a spring training game, which my brother, uh, which uh, Randy Johnson was pitching, and at the right moment, a bird flo- flies right in front of the guy who's one of the fastest pitchers ever, and just, uh, I mean, just uh, obliterates this poor little bird, and all you see is just feathers. If you get a chance. I'm sure you, you can find 100 videos of it on YouTube. But yeah. uh, but besides that, Randy Johnson uh, just threw, you know, he struck out a lot, a lot of. I mean, you know. Oh, yeah. That guy was a phenomenal pitcher. A phenomenal pitcher. Many 20, 20 game winner, lower low ERA. You know, he's was, he was just yep. probably one of the most respected and feared uh, pitchers of our generation, you know, that I can remember, you know. So, yeah. You know, so, Luke Littles his name. Uh, Dustin May from the Dodgers. Dustin May, yeah. I would suggest him. You know, he pitched opening day. And I thought he did a great he job. He did a great job. You know, uh, young kid. Uh, you know, he's gonna do wonderful. Uh, I would suggest you know, there's already some baseball cards of Dustin May uh, out on uh, eBay and those type of sites. So I would suggest picking up. You know, anything you can find. The earlier, the better. Yeah. Uh, when you're when you're trying to get into rookies, you want to get things that are limited. You know, limited print runs, uh, uh along with autographs and. Uh, those tend to be more valuable. We're looking for the investing side, but if we're just looking to collect, Dustin yeah. May
0: is going to be oh, a yeah. great pitcher and for the future. I've dubbed him the uh, pitching Carrot Top.
1: <laughs> yeah, for those who don't know, Dustin May. well, I mean, obviously my brother described him perfectly. Uh, he's very, well, although, you know, I think Carrot Top's cut his hair, but yeah, an early Carrot Top had just this... Flowing orange hair, yeah, and Dustin May is very similar to that, along with a, a beard that he, he has. But he's a great pitcher,
0: yeah,
1: uh, super nice guy. I've heard a couple of interviews with him, and and I, you know, obviously, I'm very happy he's part of the Dodgers. Yes, yeah, he's, he's gonna be a great player. Another, another, another um, player who's really been on the rise lately has been a guy named Riley Green with the Detroit Tigers, he's an outfielder. Um, his, his stuff is already going for a hundred, hundred and fifty dollars for autographs, so I would suggest him. Uh Austin Riley with the Atlanta Braves.
0: Oh, that's actually I've seen I've seen that guy. Yeah, he, player.
1: I, he, I, you know, he, he's already playing for the you know, another great guy, a lot of autographs also for him. Gavin Lux, who just recently got sent down by the Dodgers into the minor league system. Um he, second baseman. Uh and then here's another one, Chris. He's a little bit older. Uh for you know, being a, a young rookie still. He's about 28 years old, but his name is Mike Ford. During a a spring training game or practice, he launched a home run. you want to take a guess how far? I don't know. 420? 680 feet. What? In, in Yankee Stadium. That's what the estimate is. 680 feet he hit this home run. Big guy. A lot of power. His name is Mike Ford. First baseman. Strongly encourage you to get some. Would that be a record? Because that's... Uh, yeah, it's got to be up there. I mean, although know, I've seen... No, I remember. I think it was Alan Trammell who once, or it actually, no, I think it was Kurt Gibson who hit a home run out of uh, Tiger Stadium. Uh, you know, that was a long home run. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So these are some of the guys that I would strongly recommend you, if you're interested in collecting for investing or just to get some autographs from a young, from young kids. These are the people you want to start looking at um, right now and, and trying to find some autographs and and memorabilia in regards to some of these people you see you can collect.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Chris. Anything else with you? Uh no, no, no. I think that's pretty much it. Once again, you know, welcome welcoming us back to uh, another episode of uh and this is actually episode four. Can you episode four? Yeah.
1: So one of the things that you know we definitely would like if, if you like this, if you like our podcast, please like us on whatever platform. Um give us four or five whatever stars. Uh, it helps people who are looking for our podcast find it easier. So please like us, follow us. It, it really it really helps us, especially right now that we're in our infancy of trying to develop the podcast.
0: Yes. It, it really does help so we us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, so uh, we really appreciate the listening. Uh, Chris, you want to give the email address? Yes. Our email address is collectme7374 at gmail.com. And uh, you can hear us on Spotify, iTunes, Pocket Casts, Overdrive Um, If you need us to send you a link we can always send you the link uh, Via email if uh, you need a new way of listening to it Um, But yeah, we would would really appreciate it if you guys follow and like us Uh, I'm finally putting the facebook page together that we will be able to have up and running uh, Definitely before the next episode comes out um, So that way you guys can Start to look at all the content online And look at pictures of things that we're talking about So that way you can kind of put You know, eyeballs on what it is we're talking about Um, That'll help you guys be able to figure out um, What it is that you want to collect Or things that we suggest you collect Um, So, but like I said You know, thank you guys very much Uh, Really appreciate you guys listening And I'm glad to be back my mini vacation's over, time to get back to work, do some more podcasts, and put some more information out there for our, our fan base. Um, what, I, I do have one thing, because I got a really good friend of mine. Uh, uh, I want to send a, a special shout out to this guy, because he was actually upset that we didn't put our podcast out on Sunday. Oh, really? Yeah. And I'm not sure if he was a huge podcast listener, and uh, you know, before he started listening to us, I don't think he was. But we converted him into being a, a fan. He listens to us when he gets a chance. Uh, um, but his name's uh, uh, Luciano Ramirez, Bebo Ramirez. Uh uh-huh. We just want to apologize, uh, apologize on my brother's behalf, on my behalf. Well, it was more my brother. My brother was the one I was available. Chris yeah. went on a catch. All of a trip. sudden. All of a sudden it's my fault, but whatever. But yeah, we we want to apologize brother uh, Had we been able to put a, a podcast out for you on Sunday? We would have definitely have done that. It just didn't work out in our favor My brother was busy with his new job that he has going on uh, getting things set up and and so on I was out of town doing my my camping fishing trip But I wanted to make sure I remembered you this week and send a special shout out to bevel and uh Uh, We'll be putting this one out tonight when I'm done editing and adding everything to it Uh, So you're our guy this week, bro.
1: Yeah, thank you guys again for listening We really appreciate a lot of great feedback a lot of friends family Uh, Keep uh, you know posted on Facebook whatever whatever social media that you can the more people that gain access to our podcast the better You know, we're always trying to develop interesting storylines So that way you guys can stay entertained informed and, and updated on the collecting world Uh, We're we're trying to cover as much as we can. The collecting world is very vast. So any ideas that you want us to talk about? Anything that we can research for you? We're always happy to do that for you.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Just a little uh, before we're done. uh, We're going to be touching base. At least I will be. Uh, My brother, I'm sure he's going to have his own content and topics to talk about. But if anybody wants to uh, send me an email, um, because I'm going to be talking about Typewriters next week. That's going to be part of the content for next week. The reason being uh, my wife is a huge typewriter uh, uh, Collector. I helped her get started and we're at the point where we have different varieties of typewriters And it's something that i've been wanting to talk about. I just haven't had the time So be looking forward to that next week.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting chris. I'm looking forward to that because typewriters we the technology of the day, and as we saw technology advance, we saw typewriters advance, obviously, all the way up until the mid-80s when the PC computer became more prevalent in, yep. in everyday life. But typewriters were a big part of how
0: we corresponded with one another, so yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Yep. So, once again, thank you guys very much. Remember, we're collectme7374 at gmail.com. Our Facebook is going to be going up, and I will be sending that link out through uh, my Facebook page uh, so that everybody will be able to start adding their comments, suggestions, and and so on to, uh, to that. And uh, that way we can... Uh, do what we can to you know, help you guys in the collecting world. So once again, thank you guys very much and we will see you guys next week. Alright, have a great day everybody. See you next week. Have a great day. Go Dodgers. Go Dodgers.